Hey there, everybody. This is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News. Are you planning on heading to Wizard World Comic Con sometime this year? Well, we have a great deal for you. If you are planning to do so, you can get 10% off your ticket purchase by using the code DCNEWS at checkout. That's DC. N-E-W-S at checkout to save 10% off your tickets for Wizard World. And that's for any city that uh, that they will be doing. So make sure you head over to www.wizardworld.com slash tickets and use the code DCNEWS for 10% off. Hello, welcome one and all, and yes, your ears are not deceiving you, we're back uh, for another chapter of the DC Comics News podcast. Uh, today you'll find that uh, there's slightly fewer of us than usual, we're down to a dynamic duo, Seth is not well, I think I may have given him my cold from a few weeks back down the internet lines, and uh, same with Marvin, and this week we couldn't be joined by Kelly either, but fear not! We have the mighty Brad. Hello. <laughs> and myself, in case you hadn't already gathered, it's that strange uh, bloke from London again. So <laughs> here we are. I've got lots to talk about. How have you been this last week, Brad? You, are you well? I'm good. Fingers crossed. Uh, I get bad allergies, but so far so good. So That's what, what's happening think... with everyone's <sighs> coughing and sputtering and allergies yeah. and colds. And... and it <sighs> happens in the spring, man. As soon as the trees start budding, that's it. That's it. it I, I, I feel you. I yeah. feel your pain. We're like <laughs> budding Peter Parkers. Oops, oh, wrong comic company. Can't talk about him. <laughs> but what we can talk about is lots of uh, DC stuff. So we'll start with our movie news for the week. And obviously the, the big news for any main DC fan or especially fans of Batman is we've finally seen a beautiful poster and a quite chilling trailer for Todd Phillips' Joker movie. Uh, Brad, what did you think of all that, mate? I cannot wait for this movie. And the trailer really, I mean, even, I mean, it was more of a teaser trailer, but, it, you know, it, that just, all that did was whip my appetite. I want more, uh, I want more footage. I want any details I can. Uh, because I feel like this is definitely going to be a type of superhero or comic book movie that we've never seen before. Uh, it feels different. And one of the beautiful things about the Joker is that his origin is it's not so set in stone so there's a lot of ways to play with it and uh joaquin looks like he's going to be doing a great job so and the kind of uh, 70s or 80s aesthetic seems to be very fitting for it as well um and you know todd phillips said it's going to be a tragedy and it looks like it's heading in that direction but i i'm just i'm excited i can't wait for this movie did you not feel that it was really like earthy and very sort of like raging bull taxi driver, yes. very like those noir films of the late seventies and early eighties yeah. that, yeah. Oh. Yeah. and like so Joaquin, he's brilliant any way you cut it. But what um, really struck me is it's almost not even a comic book movie from what I can see in the trailer. Yeah. It, yeah. it feels more like a, crime drama a street level pulp noir more like a french connection type of 
uh, feel to it, which again, yeah, really excited. And the poster too doesn't give anything away, but how did you feel about the reworking of Smile, the, the music track for that video? Oh, yeah, I thought it worked. <laughs> I was kind of expecting I some mean, kind of clever use of music before the, <laughs> before the trailer was over. You know, I'm, I'm and, and me personally, I, I love it when they use music in a trailer in cool ways. Uh, despite whether you might might think of the Suicide Squad movie, uh, that really changed how I heard uh, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, even if it was just used in, in that trailer. I'd heard it a million times before, but now when I hear that, I hear the Suicide Squad. Oh, that whole soundtrack. So yeah, I really, I really kind of dug that use of the song but with smile usually it's such a happy possible good song and it just all a little bit so uh yes the track which was really happy and joyful sounded really scary and chilling this time in the in in this trailer did you do you agree yeah and that's and that's very fitting for what the movie the feel what that movie has so far it's about as dark as you can get, which is like yeah. the complete, total and utter opposite of DC's other big movie, which is out now. And I'm dying to see it. But I understand you've seen Shazam and obviously 20 million plus Friday. That's that's got to be a good sign for the film, isn't it? Yes. Yes. I think it's, you know, they, they were projecting 40 million, 45 million. I think it's going to blow that out of the water. I think well, it's still it might... two days to go this weekend. Isn't it? That's yeah. only the Friday. Yeah, sorry, 20. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I I actually went to a, a 10.30 screening on Thursday night, and it was almost sold out wow. in a big um, theater in New York. And people were loving it. Lots of cheering when it was over. Um, yeah, this is this this movie's going to do well. And it deserves to. That's great. Very much deserves to. It's such a good feeling when that happens, because yeah. speaking to some of my colleagues and some of the other guys on the team who have seen it, they've literally said it's blown them away. Some are even saying it's better than Aquaman. It could actually be the best DC movie yet and stay to the end. There's post-credits and mid-credits scenes and stuff like that. So you know, I think that if you went neck and neck, I would pick Shazam over Aquaman. Wow. As being the better movie. Wow. That's yeah. high praise indeed. Yeah, I, I do think it was. I think it was better. Fantastic. Well, I'm really looking forward to. I mean, stellar cast again. What, what was the soundtrack like for this one? Uh, soundtrack. You know, um, they they did use uh, the Ramones cover of Tom Waits. I don't want to grow up for Ooh. the credit scene, which seemed like a perfect perfect yeah. fit. Uh, they did not use the Eminem song uh, oh, right. that they used in the trailer, which I didn't expect them to. But yeah, that was not uh, that was not in the movie. Um, other than that, the score was pretty good. Good stuff. Well, they've got a great leading man in Zachary Levi. So, and he obviously he's done his research because he was uh, doing part of Collider's comic book shopping series. He's got a great video out there of him at a local comic book store talking about the comics and his research into the role. That's lovely to see, isn't it, when an actor goes to those levels? Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I, one of the key 
the key ingredients to making a good superhero movie is that the stars or the director at the very least are fans and Zachary Levi just oozed fandom and enthusiasm for being there on the set. And like we were talking before we started getting recording uh, in, in the Collider video, he talks about how, you know, when, when actors get roles like playing Batman or, you know, yeah. Superman or, you know, they, they have to play it earnestly, but because he was basically a man, a child, he could play it with all the enthusiasm and just love being there, love being on the set and didn't have to hide it at all. And I think that that really, that really shows. And uh, he did a great job. Even from when he was first cast, before we saw any shots of him in costume, before we had any idea of who the villain was going to be or what the plot was going to be about, he struck me as someone who was going into this role 100% committed to having a great time and translating that to the screen for the fans. So the fact that he's carried that on and his positivity, not just for his film, but the way he's supported uh marvel and stopped bickering with the fans he just just comes across as one of these guys who's a fan first and foremost even above being an actor yes absolutely uh you know he he did a panel at new york comic-con this past year that i went to and it was kind of just a basic open q a forum and he did he was so positive you know he and he even talked about how he auditioned for the role of star lord and wow. he really, really, really wanted it. And he was bummed that he didn't get it. But then he said, but now look where I'm at. I'm in a much better position now. Uh, you know, because even back, even back then, because, you know, New York Comic Con was in October, Shazam had a good buzz. So he, he knew he made the right decision. And, yeah, he was just he was very positive and enthusiastic. Well, rather than just be a member of the Guardians, he's actually his own leading man running his own movie now. So that was a plus. But he's obviously got a lot of comic book love because he was Fandrel in um, the second Thor movie as well, wasn't he? So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, We talked about that too. Yeah. Massive comic book credentials there. I mean, I'm really excited to see it. Fingers crossed I'll get to hopefully at some point over this weekend or early next week. So I'm looking forward to that. But we were talking. definitely, Definitely go out and see it for sure. Yeah. We were both talking as earlier and and before the podcast, but when we started, we mentioned obviously the Joker trailer and the use of music and and Suicide Squad. So, how do you make of this whole thing where the producers are saying, "No, it's definitely a reboot. It's not a sequel." But now, this week alone, we've got Joel Kinnaman saying he is coming back as Rick Flag. Viola Davis is returning as Amanda Waller, and now the latest one that Idris Elba isn't replacing. Will Smith is dead shot. He's playing a, a completely different character. Um, what do you make? I mean, this is clearly not a reboot. It's definitely right. Terrible. Exactly. And I think what's cool about having uh, Viola Davis and uh, Kinnaman back is the fact that they can they can still play their characters uh, and still be that kind of uh, anchor to what Suicide Squad is. And then you just bring in a new team. So. You know, and now that James Gunn is on board, he can maybe take some of these obscure characters and kind of make them iconic, you know, like Rocket Raccoon and Groot. I would love to see King Shark <laughs> become oh, a member yeah. of, you know, things like that. And 
but having those two back is a very because then you don't necessarily need to do a hard reboot. You could do a soft reboot. And you know, Suicide Squad has had so many members over the years that why not bring in a whole new team? Yeah, exactly. That's the whole thing. The root of the team has always been Flag, who's been there back since even before Waller uh, yeah. joined the story. But those two, her as the dark driving force. Uh, and uh, not even government managed because she manages herself, uh, agent of, of of her own law. And then Rick Flagg is just a grunt on the ground trying to keep the criminals in control. So it's it's brilliant to me that those two are returning because they could be like the leading factor that joins the two movies together. But then it can be a totally new film with a totally new team around those two as as the core members. So so many ways yeah. it could go. Yeah, uh, and with Gunn at the helm he's proven he can do team movies almost better than anyone else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So really yeah, excited absolutely. about that. But now that Idris Elba isn't dead shot, any thoughts on to who he might be playing? You know, I was wondering about that, and I don't know. Because he is such a good actor, there really isn't anybody he couldn't play. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. I, you know, maybe when I hear a little more information, when stuff starts to leak from the production, but what's good about knowing who's coming back, who's not, et cetera, that, that we're getting, you know, a step closer to it, to being into production. Like they have a, they have a good plan here. They maybe even have a script. So, you know, hopefully we'll hear more news very soon. Great stuff. I mean, one thing I will say is, Looking back at the history of the Suicide Squad, if we could see Idris Elba in full-on martial arts mode as, say, Bronze Tiger, or maybe oh, yeah, even yeah. stealth mode like Black Spider, yeah, there's so Bronze many ways great. they yeah, can go. Yeah. 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 So the fact that he's not playing Deadshot to me is actually a plus. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I absolutely agree. I think that is... And it gives him a lot more freedom to just put his own stamp on a brand new role. Yeah. So yeah, Absolutely. So, so excited yeah. about that. Yeah. So, right. The other big movie news, and this one touches my heart in, in ways that you will understand knowing how much of a Batman geek I am, is yeah. the original oh, yeah. Tim Burton and Joel Schumacher Batman movies are coming back to the big screen. I mean, I've seen all of them on the big screen. Yes, even Batman and Robin I would see them all again on the big screen, particularly the first two. Uh, how, how happy does that, this make you then, Brad? Yes, I would love, and those would be exactly the ones that I would want to see in on the big screen. I, I did; I've seen all four of them on the big screen as well. But the you know Batman and Batman Returns on the big screen again would be great to see, especially since it's been so long and there's so much more history and so much more even Batman history. How how those films would hit us now because. For me, it's been a while since I've seen those two movies. Um, so bringing in all of what's come after into seeing them again would be very interesting. So, and I don't know, maybe it would even help me appreciate Batman and Robin a little more. <laughs> Who knows? I tell you what, that film, as silly as it might be, <laughs> I still think it's great entertainment. It's a great way of spending oh, 90 yeah. minutes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, it's Arnold being Arnold. I mean, to me, the worst thing about that film is actually just Bane's portrayal. The rest of it, I can live oh, with. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, actually, Uma Thurman does chew up the scenery something chronic, doesn't she? Bless her. Yeah, yeah mm. it, wasn't my, it wasn't her proudest moment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, but she looks I good just, doing it. Yeah. And I, 
some of that is one of those things. I don't know if it's the script or the acting, <laughs> you know, it's, but uh, I yeah. think it's a bit of both. <laughs> yeah. And Schumacher <laughs> saying, right. just, just go crazy. Just go yeah. nuts. Cause I've seen him yeah. say those words on set. So when you watch any making of film that Joel Schumacher's made, he's yeah. famous for just saying, listen, just go crazy. Do what you want with it. And, and- and you yeah. know, I'm I'm not anti Joel Schumacher oh, no. either. Visually, I, I actually liked Batman Forever. So, and speaking of soundtracks, that is probably one of the best soundtracks of the '90s. The the Batman Forever soundtrack. I think I wore my cassette copy of that out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, I've got that on cassette and vinyl, and uh, yeah. I think I've got the CD because both of those the other ones died. But yeah. I mean, I actually think that. Batman Forever gets a bad rap. Yeah. Because there are moments of that. Again, it's mainly Jim Carrey again chewing up the scenery and, and, and taking over the show. But the bits with Kilmer as Batman and Bruce, I think, are very well done. Yeah. Uh, the part in the alley where Batman appears and Robin's stolen the Batmobile. And just by appearing on the rooftop, the whole load of gang members scatter just out of fear <laughs> from seeing him. There yeah. are some great Batman moments in that film. Yeah. yeah. And. I think I think it's a bad rap. But then Warner Brothers wanted to make it a franchise, wanted to make it more family friendly, so the fourth one just went completely crazy. Yeah. But uh, no, I've got a lot of love for Batman Forever. Yeah. I, I really do. So there you go. I mean, yeah. seeing them on the big screen, um, I mean, they've aged well because obviously I've rewatched them on DVD and Blu ray with the family, and I wanted to see my son to see the evolution of. The character on the film so i'm really excited that they're going to be back on the big screen and oh there's so much great stuff to watch right now yeah yeah i've still got to see (laughs) it's impossible what are we going to do yeah yeah well so that's all our movie news for the week um all of it's good stuff all of it quite exciting so uh leave that there before we bump into the uh tv and streaming news here's a word from our sponsor Hey there, everybody. This is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News. Are you planning on heading to Wizard World Comic Con sometime this year? Well, we have a great deal for you. If you are planning to do so, you can get 10% off your ticket purchase by using the code DCNEWS at checkout. That's D-C-N-E-W-S at checkout to save 10% off your tickets for Wizard World. And that's for any city that uh, that they will be doing. So make sure you head over to www.wizardworld.com slash tickets and use the code DCNEWS for 10% off. Back to you guys. Right, we're back. Brad, um, we're going to talk TV now. And the first bit of news, tying in nicely with the, the movie news where we see our first movie poster and trailer for the movie Joker, we've finally got some great high-res images, although if great, terrifying might be a better word, high-res images of uh, Cameron Monaghan's final finished Joker from the episode where the timeline jumps into the future, and he looks scary. What, what did you make of that? Yes, this is one of the more frightening Jokers uh, I think I've ever seen, <laughs> quite frankly. And it's just, it's so much fun to see how costume designers and character designers tweak and work with the Joker. Mm-hmm. And it's, it looks so much different than what we've seen this week with Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, I'm I'm actually a few episodes behind on Gotham right now, but after seeing this image and seeing the work that the actor has done in the show um, leading up to it, I I really want to I really want to catch up uh, just to see what's coming next because the show's about to wrap up too. So it's good to see that we are getting going to get the Joker. Uh, Cameron Monaghan, that's his name. Uh, yes, uh, he's uh, he's done a great job too in uh, in Gotham. So yeah, man, this is a scary looking Joker. It's and, great, isn't it? The way he's done it. Yeah, and it's fitting for the tone of the show because damn, Gotham has some dark moments. Oh yeah, for for a major network superhero show show, the, the things that they can get away with kind of surprise me sometimes. So, yeah. yeah, I can't wait to see this this Joker revealed in the flesh on the show. It's great because he seems to have um, embraced so many different aspects of the Joker and so many different portrayals, right? Going yeah. back to the 40s, up to yeah. having his face yeah. cut off from the New 52, up to the, yeah. being dropped in the vat of chemicals from the movie, from the Red Hood stories of the 60s, yeah. and, and then from the Kidding Joke. But what I love about it is, I think you said it um, when we were talking about the Joker movie, is the Joker's origins never really been defined. All we know for sure is, at some point he called himself Red Hood, at some point, he got dropped into a vat of chemicals. At some point, he went crazy, but we don't know exactly why. And um, mm. that line from The Killing Joke is, if, if I'm going to have a past history, I prefer it to be multiple choice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, to right. me, exactly. <laughs> genius. So literally, any way you look at it, it could be the correct origin. And have you caught up to Gotham to the part where... He does fall into the vat of chemicals. Uh, no, in fact, Bruce. that's funny you should say that because that's the exact episode that I have not watched yet. That's where I have to start up again. So Brilliant. exactly at that episode. Yeah. Do me a favor and talk to me about it afterwards. Grab your copy okay. of the Killing right. Joke and look uh, at it panel okay. by panel, the scenes in Ace Chemical where Bruce faces Cameron Monaghan's uh, Jeremiah and oh, okay. uh, the bit where Batman faces Red Hood and the whole falling into the vat. I've actually made a little mini comic book of each scene side by side, so oh, I'll send nice. you those as well because nice. that's oh, how yeah, sad good. I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, that's not sad, that's dedication. Uh, uh, I happen to like Batman. Did you know I like Batman? Yeah. yeah I like <laughs> and so, yeah. I, I, mean, I always say that in, in comics, there's nothing better than a well-told Batman story. So right. I'm right there with you. Absolutely. So it seems like, yeah, he's embraced and played virtually every aspect of the Joker. And that way that might even tie in with the three Jokers story that's coming up in comics from Jeff Johns and uh, yeah. uh, Jason Fabok. So I'm looking forward to that as well. And is that the reason Batman's never been able to stop him? Because there was never just one. I mean, oh, yeah. so many ways it could go. Yeah, yeah. So many ways to go. And... Uh, yeah, anything else you wanted to say about the, the Joker or the Gotham stuff? Uh, no, no, other than I'm really excited for it. I can't wait to see how they, not only to see how they bring in the Joker, but I want to see how, you know, they've they've shown some, a little bit of pictures from, like, the Batman costume that we're going to get in Gotham. And yes. I can't wait to see that all, how that all plays out. And they've been so sneaky, you've only seen the cow yeah. from behind. Yeah, and... So... And they've been sneaky that way with the Joker, too. Uh -huh. They were 
oh, it's him, oh, it's not him. You know, they, they've uh, they played those cards close to their chest. So it'll be interesting to see the payoff. Well, with two episodes left, um, they can now really just go to town and give everything they were going to give in however many seasons they yeah. really planned to run. They can just go crazy. And yeah. yeah, season five for me has been arguably the strongest in season one, apart from one episode, which I found shocking. But I don't want to talk about negative things. I want to talk about happy things. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Joker even made a, a brief appearance in that stunning final episode of Titans. Oh, yeah. And on Titans News, of course, Jason Todd, Curran Waters, is going to be a series regular. He's going to appear m- more in the second season. Now, that's got me hyped. How, how do you feel about that, Mark? Yeah, I'm hyped too. So I guess that definitely means that we're going to be getting a, a Nightwing. Yes, uh, which is good. And uh, why not have a Nightwing and Robin? And he played a good Jason Todd, uh, street smart, punky. So you know, I, uh, I I think he can bring some fun to the second season. I'm looking forward to seeing more of his interaction with with Dick and the rest of the team because yeah. obviously Dick has, has given up being Robin now. He's burnt the costume, mm-hmm. um, so the role is Jason's. But um, do you think we're going to get to see Jason's demise as well, possibly at the hands of the Joker? Or are we just going to see the birth of Nightwing and they're going to stretch Jason's role out a little bit longer while... You know, I think that it'll be a little bit longer. Uh, it, it seems like this next season we're going to get a lot of Deathstroke. Mm-hmm. And I think if they're going to bring in a Joker, I think they're kind of going to do what Gotham did and make it a slow burn and not... Yeah not just put it out there but hint and tease and you know maybe they can spend the whole second season building an audience connection with jason todd so that when it happens it just gets you know it, you feel it that much more so i don't i don't think we'll have it this season but maybe in the third or even the fourth and what do you think about all these fan theories where a lot of people are saying that because of all of deathstroke's extended family with rose and uh Jericho appearing, no real mention of Tara Markov that maybe um, Deathstroke's spy within the Titans camp's actually going to be Jason. Um, oh, I have not heard that. Yeah, it's a few few uh. rumors going around. I've, I've seen most of it's speculation, but I think that could be a nice little segue, a nice different way of doing it because they're not going too much into um, really super powered folk apart from your most well-known. So that could be a really clever way of doing it. And we know that Jason yeah. isn't that enamored with Bruce anyway, because Bruce is trying to calm him down. So if that's a thing, that could be quite interesting. Yeah, that would be. And uh, you know, I don't think audiences necessarily see that coming. Either. No. Uh, us strange good... comic book fanboys might. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in general, I think it would be uh, it would be a surprise. So yeah, that could be. That's an interesting theory. Mm. That one really piqued my interest and it made me sit yeah. up and pay attention because obviously that whole traitor uh, within the ranks stories is, is a classic one, but they've done that for the animated series. They've done an mm. animated movie of that and it's appeared mm. in the comics. Having Tara replaced by Jason could be a really different way of spinning it, but maybe we've yes, probably spoiled because... that now by talking about it, but I don't know. It could be because they could do, you know, if you watch the walking dead compared to the comics Mm -hmm. they do a lot of things with different characters in the same way 
Um, like well, Ezekiel's still around. Thing. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> you, why not? I mean, that's these days um, you can really play around with the source material and still say, stay true mm-hmm. to what it was about, the tone you know, of the story. So, yeah. And, you know, like I said, that would be, I don't think a lot of people would see that coming. So yeah, it could be an interesting, interesting way to go. I'll be intrigued to see that. And obviously to see Superboy and crypto, the Wilson family and everything else that goes with it. I mean, if it's half as good as season one of Titans, we know it's going to be great. Yeah. So brilliant. Right, so not a lot of TV news otherwise, so what we'll do now is we'll look at um, the comic book news for the past week, and the first one, which really makes me happy being uh, an old-school kind of reader, Batman Year One originally appeared as part of the main Batman series in four issues of the original Batman storyline, and it looks like the Flash Year One is going to go the same way. It's not going to be its own standalone miniseries or prestige format series. It's actually going to be part of the Flash ongoing book. Um, what do you think about that one, Brad? Uh, I, I I do agree that it's very cool that they put it in the regular series and not a limited series of its own. Uh, and having the villain be August Hart otherwise known as Godspeed is uh, a good choice too. He was, you know, he was the first real enemy that the flash had in the D- DC rebirth era. So yes. I think that making him the villain makes a lot of sense. And because they were partners, they were coworkers at the police department. Um, they can explore that bond and, you know, a little bit. Uh, so I think that was a good, a good choice. And the little flash of art that I've seen looks cool. He's got the knee pads on. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I like that kind of earthy take on it. I love it when they go back and you see the character growing. I mean, when you see um, a costume starting as a design and then, um, the way, like you said, the knee pads or some protection yeah. against speed from friction and not automatically the shiny, glossy gold and red costume that see Flash and you actually see him build it from the ground up. Little things like that really make me happy. Yeah. I, I love yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And like you say, the fact that it's part of the actual ongoing book, do you know, I think that also gives it a bit more credibility. Like it's not like a standalone thing that's going to be erased yeah. in five minutes. I mean, because year one of... stood the test of time. Yeah, oh, it sure did. Still one of the best stories. And I'm kind of curious how, if any, this kind of ties into what the Flash movie was going to be or is going to be, if they're trying to kind of plant some seeds for what the film may be doing. Like, is the, you know, we don't know if the movie going to be an origin story or what. So. I'm a little curious about the timing of wanting to do a flash year one. So that would be kind of cool to see if any of that gets pulled over into the movie at all. I like the way you think. <laughs> I really, cause yeah. Um, now we know that's definitely coming. Now we know the scripts being done by a comic book writer alongside with Ezra Miller and the use of Godspeed as well. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And oh, what you can say is that with that happening in the comic 
yeah, that's a nice little tie. Some seeds being sown that might flourish into what could appear. Because we've never... Well, we know Flash's origin. We know his mother died. But obviously, even that's changed throughout the years to reverse Flash doing it rather than just a criminal or whatever else. So, hmm. And you got to think, though, too, that just in a practical sense, that as far yeah. as the year one stories go and learning your powers and training and all that, Flash yes. would would be right up there with Batman as far as the intensity of the training you would have to do because you just oh, start running yeah. and you don't even know what's getting so uh, it's, training is definitely necessary so it's kind of kind of fun to see that portrayed. And that's yeah something that that, that they do need to do I mean I did like the way they did it in the in the TV show for a while and you see it when other characters like um uh, Iris temporarily got speed that they couldn't stop properly and oh it's brilliant with, with Oliver when Oliver gets to, to, they swap bodies and Oliver's the Flash and yeah. he doesn't yeah. know when to break and he keeps on <laughs> right, going on right. for another 10 yeah. blocks. Exactly. So, yeah, that could be really, really cool. Mm. And it's um, same writer, different artists, so it's going to be a nice one to look out for. So really, yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, well, DC Comics right now, is, I mean, I know I'm slightly biased, but I do read comics from that other marvellous company and several others. Um, but I'm dead excited to read anything written by Tom Taylor um, yes. after his Injustice stories. Oh, yeah. And... I mean, I- Injustice is easily the best video game mm-hmm. adaption that was ever written. Because uh, I remember, you know, reading the first the first few issues thinking that, man, this, sh- this is based on a video game. It should not be this good. And I love video That's... games. And I'm thinking, but man, that was such a good, so well written. When I heard they were making an Injustice comic, I actually thought, what, really? They yeah. making a comic book adaptation of a video game adaptation of a comic? Really? Yeah. And yeah. then I read it. And now Tom Taylor's going on to write Deceased. Yeah. And when you, uh, I think I've said this on a previous show, when you get a writer of that caliber and you add DC characters and then you add Zombie Apocalypse, I'm automatically drooling. I want to see more. And some of these horror book movie, classic horror horror movie uh, posters and covers they're releasing are salivating. Have you you seen those? What do you think of them? Uh, I think they were great. Absolutely, man. The the artwork that they are showing between those variant covers and the interior, it's just incredible. Um, You know, and it's... It's so thankfully not, and I really loved Blackest Night, but mm-hmm. you know I, I'm glad that it feels very different because I didn't want to feel like I was rereading the same thing or even something similar. So the fact that we're doing zombies and yeah, these covers are just uh, I'm yeah, really right. kind of fond of the Death of Superman one. Yeah, where Lois is. Yeah, yeah, um, because. Like I said, with Blackest Night, though, it was really just the Black Lanterns raising a few yes, right. main characters. With Deceased, I'm actually terrified because it looks like at some point we're going to start losing every major main player in the DC universe and half the planet as well. Because the scenes with Superman up in the sky with tears in his eye and unable to do anything in the carnage below and Cyborg on his knees, surrounded by the undead, and it's just brilliant. Um, yeah. I, I, I want to see because how can you 
suddenly justify i mean these are still human beings and how are they going to react to people tearing themselves and each other apart um it's i'm so excited and in the hands of a lesser writer it might be a stunt but after reading tom taylor's work i'm just exactly like i agree with you 100 percent because in a lesser writer's hands it could just feel like a gimmick oh zombies Mm. are hot right now so let's do a zombie apocalypse story but this definitely is going to feel like it has more meat on its bones and uh yeah that's and you know judging by what i've seen it's something that's definitely going to have a high impact on the continuity of what's going on oh yeah dc universe it's going to make you know things are going to change you know comics they never change forever but at least for a while that's going to definitely definitely have an effect on the other books as well do you think so? Because it's, it's an out-of-continuity series, like like Injustice oh. was. Oh, um, which okay. Is why I'm oh, excited. you know what? You're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. So, and then in that um, case, that's good too, because then you can just have so much fun with it. That's you what know, I was thinking. You know, it could work. be better because his hands aren't tied. Yeah. People can yeah. die. People can live, and and things can happen that you would never really be allowed to get away with the main continuity, so like like you do with Injustice with Lois and the baby. And Superman taking revenge by ripping the Joker's heart out, and yeah, yeah. Um, Dick Grayson smashing his head against the rock and dying because of Damien, and so many things yeah. that he did that you'd never be allowed to do. But because he's given free reign, you're just reading it and you think, "Why am I reading? This is wonderful!" Yeah. And now to be allowed to do that, and Dark Side ripping his own face off and oh yeah yes 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 that's right that's, in oh, some man. of the promo materials oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, you're, you're clearly a walking dead fan as i am yes yes so getting that kind of feel and that kind of apocalypse and then throwing in all of dc's characters as well has just got me really excited yeah and it doesn't seem campy which no. is which is good too. At least, you know, I, I I'd much prefer the the darker, grittier stuff than the campiness when it comes to zombies. So, absolutely. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I zombies pretty great, uh, but oh, it's yeah, a completely yeah. different take on the yeah. whole And I don't know if you've seen the uh, <laughs> not to go off topic, but the trailer for Jim Jarmusch's new zombie movie came out over the past week, and that has a campier feel. But man, does that look hilarious and good bill murray iggy pop but yeah, i guess anyway back to dc <laughs> we'll talk about that one once we um yeah now i want to hear more about that but yeah deceased is looking stellar interior artwork and covers and when you get a, a movie poster from nightmare on elm street or the nun and reworked mm-hmm. with dc characters you yeah. know you're gonna get something serious yeah. And it's the it cover with the joke. Oh, yes. Fans. Yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> anyway, we're both truly now. We're going to get in trouble. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, I don't, this might be one issue where I like the cover so much where I get different versions. Usually, just for economics, I just stick with, you know, one cover. I pick the one I like the best. But these are so good. I might just have to pick up a few. Brad, I want to hug you over the phone right now because usually, <laughs> yeah, I don't fall for that ploy either. But yeah. these covers are so gorgeous that yeah. I'm thinking of getting the movie ones and actually sticking them in a frame. 
Yes, oh, putting, it would be great. Uh, having my copies, but just sticking those in a frame because they are brilliant. Yes, yes, yes. That's well, a great idea. You. I don't feel like such a the like I've been roped in and lured in like a mackerel on the line now. So yeah. thank you. I, I appreciate <laughs> that. Made me feel a little bit better about myself. I'd love it if they made whole posters of these covers. Do you know what? Um, they can't not really because the quality yeah. of. And I hope that they're all these wordless covers that they've been doing recently as well, where it's just the art and maybe just the title in small print at the bottom, because that art's so good. Yeah. But slapping a logo or title over, it's just... Yeah, yeah. I oh, don't want that to happen. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're listening, DC. Listen to us. <laughs> we are one. beyond our years and intelligence. <laughs> so um, the other big DC news, and this makes me happy because I don't know if you'd noticed, Brad, I'm not in the States. I'm not American. Oh, yeah. You had noticed. Well, give yes. me away. <laughs> um, we don't have Walmarts, and you lucky, lucky people have been getting these beautiful 100-page Walmart giants for months and months and months and months. But it seems that DC have listened, and they're going to collect all the brand-new stories, the Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman stories, and collect them into mini series for releasing comic book stores. So that's got me really happy because they're brilliant stories. They're such fun. How do yeah. you feel about this one? I can't wait because I have not gone to a Walmart to pick up any of these issues. And I've been kind of bummed about it because I did want to read these stories. Um, and really, <laughs> I live in New Jersey, work in New York City, but I don't have a car because I don't need one, which makes getting to Walmart a little bit of a trickier proposition and now i don't even have to worry about it because i can go into my local comic shop and i can finally read these stories uh and i think that it's a testament to the quality and the response that these books have been getting that uh the audience they need to reach a bigger audience because they're just doing so well so i can't wait i was so excited to read that i've been very fortunate obviously we're writing for dc comics news and uh, dark knight news that DC sent some digital preview copies for us to review the books. So I have read uh, the Batman stories by um, Brian Bendis and uh, Nick Derrington. And that story, it's just great because when you see Batman pulling into a desert town in the Batmobile in broad daylight, it's just hilarious because <laughs> some of the people look at him like, well, this isn't cosplay season, dude. What are you doing out here dressed like that? And <laughs> it's just fantastic. And the way the locals speak to him and then the introduction of Ginny Hex, the great descendant of Jonah Hex. Yes. has got a yes. big role in, um, yeah. Yeah. in Young Justice right now. And she's part of the story. And then Green Arrow appears. And Nick Derrington is one of those artists who, you look at his art and at first you think mm, that's a bit cartoony that's a bit sketchy but then you see like little things he's put right in the corner of a panel or little facial quirks that you don't notice and he's just brilliant i think that right now we're almost in a bit of a golden age as far as the art that's coming out mm-hmm. in dc books i mean it's just it's incredible I- i'm not ashamed to say that i will be picking up all three of those miniseries, because six issues yeah. of a standalone Superman story, a standalone Wonder Woman story, and a standalone Batman story that are brand new that you'll never read anywhere else, that's just got to be a must-buy, hasn't it, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
absolutely. That's definitely going to go on my pull list. Without a doubt, without a doubt, because obviously with a miniseries, I can justify, well, you know, it's only six issues. It's not like I'm going to be collecting them forever and ever and ever, like yeah. the other yeah. thousands of things that I buy forever and ever <laughs> and ever. Uh, please, dear wife, I'm not going to spend all our money. It's just six yeah. issues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you yep. feel my pain, don't you, mate? Oh, I do. Hey, oh. When I first started collecting comics, they were 60 cents. So. Right. You know, it was a lot easier to not be so discerning even back then. You could just pick up a little bit of everything because it was cheap enough. And now $4 a book, I mean, that's – you got to be selective, Absolutely. I think, no matter who you are. So – but these, I think, are definitely going to make the cut. Well, a miniseries is a good excuse because it's a self-contained story. Yeah. You're not going to break the bank. And when it's this level of um, – writer and artist the, the people they've got working on them is so good yeah, yeah. that it's i'm worth already out. excited for the trade paperbacks of these uh, right. the first issues first issues haven't even come out yet so yeah the trades are going to be beautiful actually oh yeah yeah right what are you going to do to me first you got me buying all the alternate covers now you're going to get me getting the floppy <laughs> single releases and the trade paperback yeah that's how they get you work for dc <laughs> DC Comics, hire Brad. He should be part of your marketing department because he'll make everybody want to buy everything. <laughs> hey, they're putting out quality books. They're all worth reading. And who can argue with that? Yeah. So what else are you reading right now? What's uh, on your mind as your favorite comic book titles of, of right now? Uh, you know, I just picked up, speaking of trades and hardcovers, I just picked up the... The first volume of Bendis' take on action comics. Mm-hmm. And I uh, started that, and I'm really digging it so far. But he seems to be getting a lot of a lot of negative response from DC fans, and I'm not sure why. I always liked his, I always liked his writing. And, uh, it's I, because... I, uh, oh, I, can, I can actually sort of answer that. It's because he's gone on a completely different tact to where Peter J. Tomasi was on the Superman title and Dan Jurgens was on action before him because they yeah. were focusing on Superman, the family man, and the, the relationship with, with Lois and with his son, John. And Bendis has basically come on board and said, nope, I want to have Superman back as a crusader for justice and fighting alien menaces and protecting Metropolis without being tied down to a family. And yeah, that's, that's upset true. a lot of fans for that respect. But um, no, what he's doing is good stuff. I'm enjoying it. I mean, I will say that I did personally, again, prefer what went before. I preferred, uh, I mean, I honestly think that Peter J. Tomasi's run on Superman since the beginning of the rebirth, right up to when Brian Bendis took over, is actually one of my favorite super run, mm-hmm. Superman runs ever. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a great it's one. It's superb. Yeah. So I can sort of get it, but again, let the writer tell his story. Nothing's going to be forever. John's already come back, aged mm. 10 years somehow. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Jarrell. Appreciate that. <laughs> Good job. Um, but no, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm going to let it run its course. But, um, you know, some fans can't bear change. And with comics they've got to change and grow otherwise they're just going to get become stagnant and yeah. get cancelled so yeah i mean there's there's a reason why these characters have existed for 80 years mm-hmm. because they can change and they do change and they adapt well to the changes so don't fear change absolutely embrace it i mean yeah. how excited are you now that john's back from his travels with his grandfather and he's 
more of a young man than a child. And the fact that Connor Kent has reappeared after however many years um, in exile on Gemworld, and he's back in the pace of Young Justice, which is part of DC continuity. How, how do you feel about yeah, those two I, maybe meeting up? Yeah, I would love that. I would love that. And it's good to see Connor come back. And I think that that probably will happen. I think that there was that could play a part into why they brought Connor back to have those two meet. So I think that that's definitely something that's going to happen. And I'm looking forward to it. And do you think we're going to have two super boys? Are we finally going to get a super teen or kids super or what? what's <laughs> going to happen with that? Uh you know, I don't know. I don't know. I could see it being, you know, two super boys. In fact, I was thinking that in my head while I was talking about it. Like, yeah, maybe they could both be super boys in some way. But um, maybe it's maybe it's time for Connor to step up a little bit and claim his own not to say Superman. Yeah, you're right. And I think maybe that would be the way that I personally would like to see it go. Well, we've had Dick Grayson go from Robin to Nightwing. Maybe we can see right. Connor Kent go from Superboy to... Super um, something. <laughs> super something, or maybe not even super. <laughs> yeah. Just um, something else, man. Mm-hmm. Original man, not someone else's yeah. copy man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, what, what's going to happen? Great choice. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying what Bendis is doing too. Um, any other comics on your mind? Um, well... If we're stepping away from the DC world, um, I've been reading Jason Aaron's take on Thor uh, just because of War Realms. Yes, uh, that's been yeah. But um, those are the those are the two things, and I'm catching up a little bit on um, Deadly Class. Uh, watched the show, and now I'm kind of reading the trades because I kind of fell off of that uh, a few years ago. So rediscovering that. So those are kind of like the three things that I've been reading, comic book wise. Right. I'm looking forward to the Black Hammer Justice League crossover. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that we can actually talk about in more depth, too, because it's going to be bringing in the Justice League itself. And um, speaking to some of the guys on the team as well, they're very excited because of the way that the characters in Black Hammer are slight tweaks or almost opposites or parallels to DC characters. Mm-hmm. And the fact they've got a, a teenage girl with superpowers, but... That's just her physical form. Her actual personality is an, is a middle-aged woman. So it's like the complete opposite of uh, the Billy Batson-Shazam relationship. So that's yeah. going to be yeah. fascinating when you've got an adult yeah. but who's trapped in the body of a child. And uh, so, if Jeff Lemire is going to be writing it, then it's going oh, yes. to be out of this world. So the fact that he is, then yeah. And it's it, it's going to be literature i think you know it's not going to be just another comic i think it's definitely definitely going to be something when you get a mini series with some meat on it yeah. yeah yeah exactly and i think that's what definitely what we're going to have with this and i've mentioned on this podcast before i'm not always a big fan of those types of crossovers but this mm-hmm. one this one's definitely with well, the quality of the writer it. It gets yes, people yes for me yes for me yes absolutely cuz definitely it's just that he's he's a genius brilliant as for me um as always i have to shout about these comics because uh, for some reason they're not being picked up off the shelves as much as they deserve to be and robert venditti's Talkman is yeah. just a thing of beauty and the art by brian hitch 
and uh, James Tynan's uh, Justice League Dark with Alvaro Martinez and Raul Fernandez and the amazing colours yeah. of Brad Anderson. People need to be picking that book up. And our brother Seth, Seth, get well soon. Joe, get well soon. I'm sorry I gave you all my um, dark side anti-life virus over the internet. Uh, please fight it off and come back to us. Um, they, they're converts to the Justice League dark cause, so uh, I want to yeah. get as many. Well, as many yeah, you, 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 you know, talking to you has definitely got me excited about uh, Hawkman for sure. Great. Um, I and I've been meaning to go back and reread those issues too. And in fact, I went on Amazon to look about ordering the um, the first volume of of that. Yeah, and because uh, it's just a a character that never super resonated with me, but I always it always intrigues me when I hear somebody that I trust say they like what's going on in the book because. Um, It'll always give me a new perspective on that character, and if somebody I trust likes it, then I know that it's that it's worth it. To, it's to really funny out. you should say so I'm that. I'm really because, excited. Yeah, I'm. I'm so glad you said that because when I first read Hawkman growing up, I saw him in the Justice Society, and he was Carter Hall. And then as a teenager and in my twenties, he was Qatar Hall from Thanagar. I'm thinking, hang on, sounds like Carter Hall, but they're not the same. One's an alien, one isn't, and then yeah. the whole Egyptian thing, and yeah, he's had so many different origins, and his history has been changed so many times. But so when you get a writer like Venditti coming into the series and making sense out of all of it and tying it all up in a way that I hadn't really read a Hawkman book since the death of Hawkman, and then I got my interest peaked with Dark Knight's Metal. Yeah, yeah, and I think and that that was brought the character back with yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. So when I heard the the series was coming up, and then Brian Hitch, who being a Brit, is a an artist I've I've followed for years and years and years before he even made oh, it. He's to so Marvel good. He's, he's yeah, great. He's, the yeah, stuff he's pulling out of his pencil on a monthly basis yeah. is mind blowing. Yeah. So when I, don't I heard know how he doesn't that uh, that team was doing Hawkman, and then I read the first couple of issues, I thought. This is great because I honestly was so confused by what man. I thought, do I really want to read this? Yeah. And I read it and it's perfect sense and anyone can read it and it makes perfect sense. So, yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts once you've uh, picked that up and given the first half dozen issues a look. Great stuff. Yeah, yeah definitely. So that's it. Um, we've basically covered all the news. We've talked about our favorite books on the shelves right now. So I think it's a Great place to let everybody know that DC Comics News podcast is on all the major podcast platforms. You can get it on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. Please, please, please. Um, this show survives on your comments and, and on our listeners. So head over, subscribe, rate and review. You can follow DC Comics News and the our sister site, Dark Knight News, where I'm editor-in-chief, uh, on all social media platforms. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and YouTube, and that's at DC Comics News or at DKNews.com. Brad, where can we read your work? Uh, you can read it on DC Comics News, uh, and you can follow me on Twitter, uh, FlickyB1, uh, F as in Frank. I always have to stipulate that. I L I C K Y 1. <laughs> 
great stuff. I'm Steve J. Rafe. Um, you can see all the damage I've inflicted across the internet just by doing a Google search for Steve J. Ray. Or you can catch me on DC Comics News doing reviews and interviews and on Dark Knight News doing the same. And on Twitter, L Stevo. That's E L underscore S T E E V O. So, um, Brad, thanks for a great conversation, my friend. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Great and as always. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. And Seth, Joe, uh, Kelly, the whole gang, hopefully we'll see you and talk to you on the EOs very soon. But until then, as always, what does everybody need to do, Brad? Read more comics. comics. <laughs> Have a great one.